Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. The Drive with Tim Donnelly, 99.9 The Fan. It's 5 o'clock on a Friday, everybody. Congratulations, you've made it. If you're just working for the weekend and you're working 9 to 5, cheers to you. Shout out Jimmy Buffett. Shout out Jimmy Buffett. Uh, also, shout out to the Carolina and Kentucky basketball teams, number 5. It's a top 15 matchup in college basketball tomorrow in Atlanta, UNC, Kentucky. And as I said earlier, right? I mean, the, you know, you, big-time players make plays in big-time games. Armando Baycott, triple-double. <laughs> Armando Baycott. Real bold uh, predictions. Or actually, let, <laughs> let's have this, this conversation because we've had it a few times. You know, sometimes you forget because they haven't played in 10 days. Tomorrow will be 11. Um we, we broke it all down right after their game against UConn, uh, which was their most recent game, and it was a loss to the uh, one of the top five teams in the country in UConn. UNC very much has three players that I trust pretty wholeheartedly, and then a lot of question marks. Some very talented question marks, but a lot of question marks. Um, the three players I trust are Mr. Triple Double himself, Armando Baycott. Armando. Uh, was that a... Was that an ABBA reference? Were you going Fernando with it? No, that was just his cameo that you can oh, purchase. Right, on. right, 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 right. I thought you you do have an old soul with your music, though, Grant. Like yeah. an ABBA an ABBA reference wouldn't have been out of the the realm of possibilities for you. Uh, I don't know if that's a compliment or uh, it's a compliment. It's a compliment. Um, you don't like ABBA? <laughs> the ABBA Dancing Queen, Mamma Mia. I just they have significantly more in there. They're pop chart. I mean, they're very poppy, but they're significantly more than Dancing Queen. I'll put it that way. Um, neither here nor there. Uh, Armando, I'd really trust R.J. Davis. I think I think he can he can scrap and meaning get get on fire at points and times and and really change the game. And I trust Harrison Ingram, who's yeah. one of their transfers that has really shown even when the shots aren't falling, he can impact the game in in many different ways. They're the three musketeers of this team right now. Then there's Elliot Cadeau, there's Cormac Ryan, there's like they have a lot of other guys, Washington, there's a lot of other guys that I I'm interested in, but I don't quite trust yet. Now, that's not going like I think that is a concern for the meat grinder of an ACC schedule cuz you're going to need everybody to kind of all hands on deck it to to win week in and week out game in and game out throughout an ACC long time very challenging schedule but for like the one-off big game non-conference go down to Atlanta uh neutral court against Kentucky you know that that is a stars game you need your stars to carry you in that one right I, I, there's a very low chance I'm going to come in here on Monday if Carolina loses and that's not a prediction that's just a a maybe if Carolina loses I'm not going to be saying like, oh man, you know, that third guy off the bench didn't get it going. The big games are worn, won and lost by the stars. So those three guys are the ones I'm, I'm focusing on as players. Also, as I said earlier, this is a Hubert Davis game, right? This is a game where the coaching matters. You've had a long time off. How do you handle that? How many times do you, do you uh, scrimmage five on five full steam in practice? 
How do you make sure that you're not rusty, but you're rested after 11 days off before a big game? Because, you know, the temptation is get off your feet, stay ready. It's a long season ahead, right? Bye week style style thought process. But you also need to make sure that you are, uh, you know, it doesn't take you 10 minutes of game action, you know, halfway through the, the first half before you, you get into any kind of a rhythm. So, uh, so, and then on top of that, you have a long time to game plan and scheme for Kentucky and, and come up with the best matchups and the best, uh, you know, offensive attacks and defensive game plans or matchups, whatever it is, scouting report. Yeah, do you have your team ready to play? So do you have your team ready to play, Hubert Davis? I think this is a big game for, for North Carolina's coaching staff. And also, you don't play Kentucky uh, a ton, a ton, right? When you're playing, you know, when Hubert Davis plays against uh, a John Shire coach team or a Leonard Hamilton coach team or, or any of these uh, ACC opponents, Steve Forbes, Bron, uh, Brad Brownell, uh, over at, at Clemson. Anytime you play those games often, he's going to know what they like to do. He's not going to know Calipari as well. So I think it's a it's a Hubert Davis game. That's number five. Let's get to number four. We are the four horsemen. Woo! NC State versus number 12, San An or sorry, number 12, Tennessee in San Antonio tomorrow. There you also. go. I, I almost flipped it. I almost said versus number 12, San Antonio in Tennessee, which wouldn't have made sense. Uh, NC State versus number 12, Tennessee in San Antonio. We've talked about it all day. This is a good measuring stick for NC State. It's their first top 25 non-conference game, and it'll tell them either, A, hey, your transfers, you had seven new faces, the chemistry is building. Hey, look at the, this guy. This shooter is knocking down shots, providing the spacing for DJ Burns. Casey Morsell, who we talked to at ACC tip-off, one of their, their veteran guards for the Wolfpack, he told us his role on the team is making sure everybody's coming together as a team. Uh, and we've seen that, right? He he was, ironically, he was talking about, like, hey, I'm, I'm throwing barbecues and making sure everybody comes over. And I'm inviting the guys that were on the team last year and the transfers so we get to know each other. Watching State play, he's his on-court role is similar. I think Casey Morsell could actually be a bit, uh, bit more selfish looking for his own shot. But yeah. right now, he's... Let's make sure that guy gets involved. Let's make sure that guy doesn't feel um, like he is uh, uh, being left out or not being taken advantage of. Let's make sure the big guy gets his touches. Let's make sure this guy gets his touches. So, you know, that's working if they come out of this Tennessee game happy. The other thing is they might get the sign that says still a lot of work to do. Right? It, it's, um, you know, this is going to be a weird reference. Did you ever in, in school have to make a Rube Goldberg do you know what that is? Do you have any clue? Your eyes are getting big. You don't know what a Rube Goldberg is at all. Can't say that I do. Okay. Rube Goldberg, it's a, it's like a machine. But it, you've seen, I'm sure you've seen it in commercials or YouTube videos. It's like the marble goes down the track. It knocks the dominoes okay, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The domino yeah. goes down, hits a bowling ball. The bowling ball splashes water. The, like, And it goes this whole crazy thing. Um, at some point in school, we had to make those. We had to make one, right? And it was a whole thing. And you, you were in the garage for hours with... Oh, the hammer is going to fall and break this. And when that breaks, the skateboard's going to go down. And it was a whole thing. Um, and there's always that first try where you're like, all right, let's see if it works. And you knock down like the first domino and it misses the the string that it was supposed to take down. And the, the remote control card doesn't work and the skateboard doesn't go. And you don't sit there and go, all right, well, this is dumb. Nothing's going to work. I guess I'm going to fail this. What you go is, all right, I got a lot of work to do, right? 
Thought I was closer to the end than I was, but we've got a lot of work to do. That could happen also, okay? State could go to, to San Antonio in front of a big neutral court crowd, play Tennessee, and Tennessee might bully them. Right? Tennessee's not a bad team. They might bully them. Uh, and, and that doesn't mean that State's going to go, oh, well, this season's a wash. Darn. Let's start looking in the portal for next year. Like, like that's not it. You just It's going to be like after that first run. It's like, okay, well, we really thought that the uh, bowling ball was going to be able to trip the wire, and it didn't. Got a lot of work to do. Let's set it back up. You start on the dominoes. I'll start over here with the, the marbles, and, and we'll, we'll try again. That's the most important part, right? That's the most important part. A litmus test is just that. It's a litmus test. Also, it tells you where you are. Also, big picture for NC State. This is their first opportunity to quad one win and their last opportunity to quad one win for a while until they enter ACC play. And I think one thing that really helped NC State last year in making the NCAA tournament was the fact that you looked at their quad one wins or their quad one records, and it stood out. Yeah, so, I mean, it, trust me, it's an important game. I, I just don't think the season is over if it doesn't go as well as you'd hope. And also, MJ Rice is playing, and I've been I've been uh, beating that drum for, for the, the last two days of unleash him. This is a big enough, it's an important enough game to your point. It's a quad one game. You know, smoke them if you got them. If you have a Kansas transfer with a ton of ability and he's healthy enough to play, play him, right? Now is not the time to be cautious. It was appropriate to be cautious of playing, you know, Tennessee Martin a couple nights ago. Not appropriate to be cautious now. It's an important enough game. As the youngsters say, shoot or shoot. Shoot or shoot. And he, he is. Knocked down a three in his last one. Uh, Let's go ahead, and that's number four. Let's jump to number three. One, two, three. Thursday night football's impact on the coaching market. <laughs> there is a point, by the way, Panthers fans, where it is completely appropriate to put less emphasis on your fandom of watching games, although you do it, right? You're not going to miss a game on Sunday. They're playing the Falcons this week. You'll find, you know, a bar somewhere to, to be, um, which I encourage you to do. I, it sounds like fun. Um, but also, you start paying attention more to whatever's next, right? Uh, usually that encapsulates like, hey, if, if, if our season is lost, I'm going to start watching uh, some college film, right? If you are a Patriots fan right now, you're probably doing a lot of Drake May watching because you're thinking we might have the second overall pick and Drake May's there. Hey, look at this. Might be our guy. So you, to build your excitement for your NFL franchise, you're paying attention to the future. Panthers can't do that, right? It's not like, hey, we should pay attention to Caleb Williams and Drake May. We might have the number one overall pick because the Bears have that. But what you can do is pay attention to the coaching market, right? What you can do is pay attention to who might be the decision makers trying to fix everything that's gone wrong in Carolina. One of the names that keeps popping up is Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. You'll hear Eric Bieniemy's name come up a lot. Uh, offensive, sorry, did I say defensive coordinator? I meant offensive coordinator of the Lions. Uh, offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy is, the offensive coordinator of Washington. There's there's this kind of uh, idea that they're going to look for an offensive-minded coach that can grow with Bryce Young as a head coach. Well, guess what, Panthers fans? That means you pay attention to the coaching market, right? Watch the Lions. Right, get excited when when Jared Goff works through a progression and finds Amonra St. Brown for a touchdown and say, hey, that might be a guy pulling the trigger for us next year with play calling. 
and also pay attention to which teams need coaches because the Chargers, after last night, fired Brandon Staley, their head coach. The Chargers now need a head coach. If I'm Ben Johnson, I'm going to the Chargers before I go to Carolina. Watch the Patriots, too. Watch, Yeah, there you go. Watch the Patriots and say, do we want Bill Belichick? Have an idea. Right? It's it's. Um, this happened yesterday with me. Uh, Justin Jolie, the tight end from UConn that hit the transfer portal, committed to NC State, and he committed while we were on air. And uh, somebody texted me and said, "Hey, do you like him?" And I had to go, "Ah, oh, man, I haven't, I didn't, I haven't watched film yet, right?" Let me go back and watch the game from the first first I, game of the season. I looked up stats that I, I did this for on air, and I said, "All right, it looks like he's a, a bigger part of the offense later in the season than earlier in the season." Like we had a conversation about it, but it was really just box score watching. I hadn't, I hadn't gotten a chance to watch film. Looking back, right, and this is, you know, you watch film on yourself, you try to get better. I wish I would have been more cognizant of State being interested in him out of the portal, and then I would have been able to watch film. And that way, as soon as the decision was made or the commitment was made, I'd have a better opinion on it. I'd know whether to be excited or not. Same can be true for Carolina, right? Pay attention to the the teams that need coaches and the coaches that are likely going to be the main candidates for head coaching jobs. That way... You know how to feel, right? You don't want the Panthers to hire Brian Johnson, the offensive coordinator from the Eagles, and you go, I don't know if I'm happy or not. You want to be like, oh, actually, I watched their offense. They're way more than the tush push. Or I watched their offense. They're only the tush push, and I don't want him anywhere near. Like you, to, to be rooting for something, you have to be educated on it. So last night, right, the Raiders and Chargers are both going to be in the market for a coach. Which coaches do you think fit there? Which coaches do you think, hey, I want that coach. Don't go to the Raiders. Don't go to the Chargers. Justin Herbert isn't all he's cracked up to be. Or maybe he is all he's cracked up to be, but you're not paying attention to the cap situation, and the Chargers actually are, are going to be a much more difficult rebuild than the Panthers are. I don't agree with that, by the way, but you might. We can disagree. Hit me up on Twitter, at Donnelly Sports. That's number three. Let's get to number two. Speaking of the Panthers, they play the Falcons this weekend. Chris Tabor, coaching for his job? Coaching for the job? Does he have a chance to win the job? Chris Tabor, right? Last night, I think Antonio Pierce, speaking of the, the coaching impact on the Thursday or the Thursday night game impact on the coaching market, I think Antonio Pierce made a good, good uh, statement that he should be the longtime head coach for the Raiders. Can Chris Tabor still do that? The media asked him uh, during his media availability if he has to remind players that his job is being evaluated also. Here's what I would say, and, and my, my message is this. Like, obviously, we're in a very tough time, and, and get that. Uh, this, is, this is the time of year where you are being evaluated, not only by your own front office, by 31 other front offices, depending upon what your contract status is. So how you play in these tough times, I think it says a lot about you. It's, it, it goes back to what we talked about, the character versus the compromise. And if you can play good football in circumstances that, that are difficult and uh, have good tape, then those, that's, that's where I think people say that's the type of player that we want to build our program around. We want him here and those type of things. So I think I know our record is not what it, we want it to be, but there is a lot at stake as, as you look at it. So uh, that, that's important that we play well. 
That is, in and of itself, right there, what you just heard from Chris Tabor is the challenge for Chris Tabor for the rest of this season for the Panthers. He needs to convince the team that their personal goals align with the team goals, right? Most of the time, that's true, okay? For an NFL team, you know, I talk about something called the Super Bowl glow, which means after you win the Super Bowl, every player on your team has the Super Bowl glow, mm-hmm. and every other team wants that in their locker room, right? So if, if you know, let's say you put up the stats and production during the regular season that says if you were to hit the open market as a free agent, you'd be worth $10 million a year. Let's just keep it a super round number, $10 million a year. If you put up that same production, but your team wins the Super Bowl, that offseason you might be worth $13 million a year. Because you have the Super Bowl glow, and everybody is saying, I want you to come into my uh, facility, and I want you to show everybody how it works on a Super Bowl team. Miles Sanders, even though the Eagles didn't win the Super Bowl last year. Yes, very similar. And it happens every year. It happens literally, and the same thing happens with uh, coaches, right? If you're an offensive coordinator, you make it to the Super Bowl, they're like, oh, he knows how a winning locker room works. Let's bring him in. Like, all of that matters. So, once the season goes sideways – Right. Once there's no chance at the Super Bowl glow and it doesn't have to be a Super Bowl, right? Just like a conference championship glow, a turnaround glow. Right. If you go from winning three games one year to 10 the next, you get kind of like the rebuild glow. And, and OK, we want that guy in our locker room. Once it's obvious your season is not going to be any of those things, players can look around and go, all right, well, the only way I'm going to get paid, the only way my value is going to go up, the only way I'm going to be seen as a more productive person is by getting my own stats. So you might see an edge rusher. Who cares if I have contain on this this run play? I'm going to try to get every sack possible and sell out up the field on my pass rush. We give up more rushing yards. Who cares? We aren't going to win the Super Bowl anyway. That's the challenge. Chris Tabor has to make players believe that if they do what's best for the team, right? If they sell out to help their teammate, if they if they win three games down the stretch. If they do the things that will help winning rather than will help their their own uh, statistics or their own you know individual goals, that's what's best for them. Keeping those aligned is the most important part. And it's a challenge because guess what? Brian Burns, he benefits a lot more from getting up to like 12 sacks this season than he does from winning two games the rest of the way. That's just a fact, right? And that's true for just about every player. Right, if you are um, uh, J.C. Horn, right, and he's back from injury and he's playing, he benefits way more from getting two interceptions, three interceptions down the stretch than he does from winning two or three games. So why should he not try to bite and jump a route even if it makes him vulnerable to a double move giving up a touchdown? Chris Tabor has to make him believe it's better to, to play sound defense than it is to get your own stats, and that's tough. If it was easy, everyone would do it. That's number two. Let's get to number one. The one! Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete Deruda, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is, do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe, maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call. No cost or obligation. Put yourself in control of retirement. Call 800-691-3215. You can also text Tim to 600-700. That's T-I-M to 600-700. You'll hear from Coach Pete and the Capital Financial Advisory Group.
Canes beat Detroit 2-1 last night. They play tonight at home versus Nashville. For more of the insight, more of the details, let's get two minutes of hockey from our good friend Adam Gold. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Let's do that hockey. All right, boys and girls, I've got two minutes for a lovely holiday gift and a 2-1 Hurricanes win over the Detroit Red Wings in Detroit. They got two wins on this trip. They were the last two games, and frankly, they were pretty important wins, not just for the win-loss overtime loss, shootout loss column, but for confidence of your goaltender, Pyotr Kachekov. He wasn't as good in Detroit as he was in Ottawa, but that's okay. He wasn't tragically bad. That's the point. Piotr has to play well. He doesn't have to play great. So was the goal he allowed a little bit on the Charmini side? Yes, but he was otherwise solid, which is what he needed to be. Other parts of Carolina's game were very good. Actually, it was their best team game since the Winnipeg game. They dominated the Red Wings. Red Wings missing some pieces. And then, in the middle of the second period, a Christmas gift was presented to Jordan Stahl. And now it'll be a fist plate out in front by Yuso and the score! Huge moment. Jordan Stahl, Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas. Yuso has been very good. He just made a massive mistake. Two of them, actually. He went out to play play the puck and nullified icing and then couldn't get back to the front of the net. Yes, Billy Huso, who really was amazing last night for Detroit, absolutely barfed on the puck, gave it to Jordan Stahl, and the captain just poked it into an empty net. And that was the winning goal in the game. Phenomenal luck, beautiful gift for a wonderful man. So we should all be happy and sing the praises of Jordan Stahl that he was in the right place at the right time. Actually, you earn your luck in this game, and Jordan and Martinook and Jesper Faust were great last night. They earned that luck. Good two points for Carolina. Now all they have to do is do it tonight against Nashville and then Sunday against Washington and then the rest of the season. Two minutes brought to us by Dysart Willis. High stakes litigation and defense. DysartWillis.com I like that. You earn your luck because you know, you know I'm guilty of it, right? The, the Jordan Stahl goal felt gifted, right? The Christmas gift as, as uh, Adam described it. But there is, you know, the old fundamental, right? And I, I was actually interacting with a, a youth hockey coach that was basically saying, yeah, like all the way down to juniors, if the goalie comes out of the net for any reason, even if it's just to, to gather up a, you know, a, a loose puck and drop it off to a teammate, you charge the net just in case. They might panic, which happens a lot more in juniors, right? The the Those, those kind of mindless mistakes. But – Last night proved it. It occasionally happens in, in the NHL also. It happened twice uh, because Kochekov had his mindless moment also and almost gave up a goal. So, you know, Jordan Stahl just, you know, to use a Mike Tomlin term, doing the, the routine things routinely, right? Every single time you're in that situation, if you push towards the front of the net, every once in a while, maybe once in a long while, you'll get that goal. So give Jordan Stahl his credit. Here's Jordan Stahl asked, when he was asked, about their efforts and how they finished that road trip with two straight wins. Yeah, I mean, started a uh, road trip from hell for a bit there, and obviously, um, boys, uh, you know, grinding the last few and um, found a way to get in a little bit of a groove. And um, that Coochie's Coochie played really well the last couple games as well, um, and uh, kind of was a really difference difference maker for us. And um, yeah, grinding on the win. 
All right, there you go. That's the starting five. We have a, one more piece, so we're going to go to a zero here. Normally we go five, four, three, two, one. This one's a zero. Bonus. Uh, bonus. Yeah, there you go. Bonus. Uh, Mitch Griffiths, former Wake Forest quarterback, uh, who told us he would never transfer from Wake Forest. But I don't, I don't blame him for for going back on that because I think. It was more of a mutually parting of ways. After being the starter for most of the year this year, he has entered into the transfer portal. About a half hour ago on social media, it was revealed he's going to Marshall. I think it's a good fit for him. I'm still a Mitch Griffiths fan. Yeah. I, I think he has some ability. Uh, I think for whatever reason, Wake Forest was a very difficult situation for everyone this year, and they kind of got snowballed against them, right? Things just kept getting bigger and more difficult. Um but I, th I think Marshall's a good spot for for somebody to uh, go try to try to reclaim some of the potential. He's experienced. He's been in college a long time. Uh, I believe he still has two years of eligibility. So uh, so for the the Demon Deacons, former signal caller, he now gets to take some of that experience and go with the Thundering Herd. A great place to develop as a quarterback. Yeah. Also, Demon Deacons to Thundering Herd. It's about as good of a college play on words is, yeah it just it just seems like those are two awesome mascots so when i was looking to transfer it was um a lot of one-on-one -on -one, and it didn't feel like i got lost in a huge university because i knew that if i came here there was going to be someone i could talk to about every aspect of the courses i needed to take but also too i loved the smaller classroom sizes and i liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu.